0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Ball is Live podcast in the paint with your host, Devin Oogland, and the bad hombre himself, Ronnie Flores. Ronnie just got back, well, a little yesterday from Sacramento CIA State Championships. Um, you saw you know, Sierra Canyon, uh, a lot of one Fab 50 team, that's for sure, with Sierra Canyon. Um, but let's get into your latest Fab 50 ranking up, rankings update. You published it on Monday. Um, anything new anything different uh, the top 10 kind of looks the same but uh, let's go through that real quick La Lumiere, still at number 1 McEachern at number 2 from Georgia uh, Mountain Verde Academy from Florida number 3 number 4 is IMG Academy from Bradenton Florida uh, number 5 is the Rainy School led by Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine they're from New Jersey uh, number 6 Mountain Brook Alabama led by 5 Star Trenton Watford uh, Sierra Canyon won the CIF state open division championship over Sheldon on Saturday. They're number seven. They moved up three spots. Uh, Moeller from Cincinnati, Ohio. Maybe some, some people don't really know too much about them, but they're, they're number eight. Uh, Sunrise Christian Academy is at nine and university school led by Vernon Carey, going to Duke and a talented junior um, Scotty Barnes at number 10. Ronnie, what made up this, this top 10? Um, Any surprises? What, what's been going on there?
1: Well, um, Like you said, Sierra Canyon uh, finished 32 and 2, kind of rolled easily over Sheldon, which dropped out this week. They were 50. Uh, obviously, Sheldon uh, was still behind, you know, the, the other three, two teams that had already been done, which is modern day number two in the state and Salesian, which is still Fab 50 ranked, even though they uh, lost. They have some wins over to teams toward the bottom. So, as we kind of mentioned, the top. Has remained the same for about a month now. Lalu, and Monverde, IMG. Uh, Rainy School just won the non-public B in New Jersey state title. They beat Khalil Whitney and Roselle Catholic for the second time this season. So they're 29-3. and three. They go into the New Jersey Tournament of Champions. They're heavily favored there. Uh, they've had a great season. Uh, Rainy School has only lost to... A team that has a, like a New England Prep School, McDuffie School. Uh, they lost to Montverde. Uh, obviously, Montverde finished this regular season a while ago. They're playing really strong. They've only lost to Lalamere. And as we mentioned before, those top four teams were going to be the top four seeds in the Geico Nationals for April 4th through 6th. Uh, early this week, Geico Nationals announced their field. Those four teams were the top four seeds as expected. So Devin, why don't you run down the eight teams invited or, or the eight, you know, the seeds, however you want to do it.
0: Yeah. So like you said, the Geico national, they kind of invite, you know, the eight best teams that are able to to attend, able to play in it. Um, California teams are, are not able to play in that. Um, but so the number one seed, La Lumiere, they'll take on number ten, Fab 50, number 10, but number eight seed university school. Um, McEacher in the two seed, take on Sunrise Christian Academy. Uh, Montverde Academy is the three seed. They'll take on Wasatch Academy from Utah. And then you have number four, IMG Academy, taking on number five, Oak Hill Academy. Um, so that, that'll start April 4th, those first round matchups. Um, I believe the games are going to be televised on ESPNU.
1: Yes. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, yes, they are. Starting at 12 p.m. Eastern, they'll have four in a row. Uh, that for that Thursday, so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedule, right? Um, just looking at it overall, yeah. Well, I want to get your thoughts on that since you yeah. kind of
0: follow all these schools, know who's who. Um, I know it on a kind of a you know, a national scale now. I know it a little bit, but yeah. you can go in depth on you know what things to watch here, sure. Um,
1: great field overall. The guys at Paragon Marketing who put together the event did a great job. Uh, more and more states are eligible for the first time, Nevada was eligible. Uh, Bishop Gorman was kind of in the running there. So when University, which is 10 in the Fab 50, won the uh, their state title, that kind of clinched it. So that sets up a University matchup in the one versus the eight. Um, great, great matchup. You go Vernon Carey, who sat out the state title game. Scotty Barnes had uh, 13 points in the state title game. Uh, they were led easily. You know, they kind of easily won that. In 5A, the uh, Jace Howard had 17 points, so they have a good team. They just have been a little inconsistent, but as an A seed, they're really good. You know, that university would give Sierra Canyon a pretty Let, good game. Let's go back, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. Let's go back to
0: they won their state championship handily without their best player, correct? It's
1: a devin because if you look across the states, I've been pushing this and telling yeah. people about this. Florida is one of those states where it's up to nine A, so it's eight A, seven A, five A. So you have like Oak Ridge and in University School in various divisions. They're okay. rolling to the state okay. titles. Okay, I got. So you. they won. There's no open division there. No, there's saying? no open division. So to give you an example, it's kind of the FHSAA what whatnot. They uh, without. Vernon Carey, a Duke player, they right. won 72-46 <laughs> over Andrew Jackson of Jacksonville. That's in five uh, eight. So it's like yeah, it's a little anticlimactic. So right. for them, this is big, big. Okay, because they can take on La Lumiere and uh, you know play with them for sure. Uh, I they mean, went to the finals last year. They lost to Montverde. Right, and and for whatever reason, they 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 have a new coach, Coach Jimmy Carr. They changed coaches. They kind of started off slow, but they got two of the. Ten of fifteen best players in the country. Right,
0: you have a guy like Vernon Carey. He yeah. can, he can. No, no pun intended. He can carry you. Yeah. To you know a win over a
1: Lalumir, which is you know probably the odds-on l- favorite. Yeah, it's going to be a tough task. So that's an interesting matchup there. Lalumir is obviously uh, we've talked about them on the show. They've beaten Sunrise Christian. They've beaten Wasatch. Um. So the, they they are in uh, the driver's seat, like you said, in the one eight. Yeah. So they would play the four five. So Oak Hill comes in at 18th in the FA 50. That's the lowest ranked team. That is by far the highest lowest ranked team in this event in <laughs> 10 years. Most of the time the eight they have to get a, a, an eighth seed that's you know a uh, a good very good team a state champion or an independent club but they're usually a big underdog. Okay. Um you know Oak Hill has already played IMG in that 4 or 5. Oh where was that? That was at Hoopal, and Who won? they played without Cole Anthony. Oh,
0: uh, okay. Who won?
1: IMG won. Okay. Without so, Cole Anthony? seventy-two sixty-seven, I believe. Cole's been healthy. Yeah, Cole's been healthy. Plus, they got the break. Okay. They finished about March 2nd. Uh, Some of these schools in Montverde finished a couple weeks earlier. So it's almost like a second season. You got to re gear up. That might be tough. Yeah, you got to gear up and, and practice and be ready. Yeah, yeah. So for a school like Montverde, Lalamere, I think that's an advantage over a school like Federal Way or Bishop Gorman or Pinnacle that doesn't really know if they're getting invited. They have they're, they're, in limbo. they're eligible, but they got to win state and then get invited. Where if you're Montverde, you're Oak Hill, you you you're gearing for this on your schedule before the schedule right. starts. So what,
0: what you're saying is, say say University School lost in their state championship game, and then yeah. Gorman Grant Rice gets a call saying, "Hey, you're coming to yeah. Geico." Yeah. Get ready. He's, he's got to ramp up. They, the they got to ramp up. Yeah, that's and for he has sure. enough
1: weeks to do it. But yeah. still, when you're Montverde and you're gearing for that, so yeah. that comes into play a little bit. Uh, IMG's has a had a terrific season. You mentioned um, their one loss is to number six Mountain Brook. Yep. Um, IMG uh, twenty eight and one will go into this event. Mountain Brook just won their third straight state championship. Uh, shout out to that team and. Coach Bucky McMillan, one of the great coach guy who con, you know I contact with this whole season, last few seasons, great communicator and one of the best names in high school basketball. Bucky McMillan. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I like that name. But let me. Why is Bucky and Mountain Brook not
1: in Geico? Is that because they can't attend via yeah. state regulations? Be their state regulations, okay. they can't attend. So there's some been some talk. You know, some of these teams are going to have a harder time. As we mentioned in an earlier podcast, of uh, you know Georgia is a little. Up and down, Alabama, uh, Arizona. They they may <laughs> or may not allow their teams to place the Oak kills LaLamirs going forward. So it's going to be difficult. California's out for sure. Yeah, California's not allowing. So you know that that could be an issue in
0: in the future. That's because that's because IMG's football pro, football program came out here a couple of years ago and just ransacked <laughs> ransacked SoCal and took some players with them. That was that was interesting. They came yeah. out here and played a few games, and all of a sudden there was a, yeah, ex- a, a mass exodus of players yeah. going going back to
1: Florida with and, them. And there's a stipulation now for some state associations that you have to play teams that are only play for a state championship. Right. So some of these teams don't. Right. So then let's go to the matchup in the 3-6. Yep. Montverde, uh, only Loss two edge. losses. Only two losses uh, to Lalamere. So give Lalamere credit. Those are two monster ones because Montverde's playing pretty well. You, you take a step back, you go to CIF championships on Saturday. Sierra Canyon look really good, like a top five team. And uh, Mount Verde handled them with ease, both two times. It wasn't both like times, yeah. it was not like it was a tip-in or, or something. So, you know, Washach is going to have his hands full. I have Washatch lower than Sunrise, even though they beat them straight up, because Washach has had a few games where they've just been a little inconsistent. So they're going to have to play a good game, two good halves to win that game. They kind of were shaky when they came west. They played in a tournament up north and they played at the uh, Fairfax State Preview, I believe. Yeah. Called it the Rolling Hills State Rolling Preview. Rolling Hills Preview. Sorry, Harvey. Yep. You know, I'm still. <laughs> I, I still we're still city hardly. section glory. Yeah, yeah. I'm still thinking Harvey's at Fairfax. So
0: Not the ocean breeze of Rolling Hills yeah, Prep.
1: Yeah. So, Rolling Hills Prep, you know, Fairfax State Preview, they didn't look too good. Rancho Christian, who we all know, we talked about it, they didn't win a game in the regional. They moved back into the Fab 50 now that the California season is over. But they boat raced Wasatch. Yeah, so I, I don't think Rancho Christian would boat race Sunrise or Montverde right now. So that's the reason why I have them ranked lower. So for that's sure. gonna be a good game. Uh, it's gonna be tough for Ma- uh, it's gonna be tough for Wasatch to beat Montverde, I believe. Um, so that's the two three. So then the, the the two three, if it holds up to seeds, would be McEachern for Sunrise. Now Sunrise is a big team, and Sunrise. Has had some losses, but Sunrise actually took, you know, McEachern into overtime during the regular season. So Mc- Sunrise has lost to Bella Vista, which is a good team. Yeah, I think Lala-Mere. Bella Vista
0: won the grind the session year, championship yeah, over, over Spire and the LaMelo yeah. Ball Spire So team, they but... added
1: some good players, uh, Bella Vista. But even then, yeah, they it, did. Uh, Sunrise is a good team. Uh, besides the loss to Washatch Academy. Uh, they only lost to Montverde.
0: We have Enfali Dantes, a six yeah. eleven center, who's extremely Monster. good, and then you have yeah. Grant Sherfield, who was committed to UCLA, and then when Steve Alford got got fired, he decommitted, and he's a you know high major level point guard. So uh, anything can happen in games like that that, that yeah. feature players like that, especially when McEachern's best players are probably
1: not going to play. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. that because we're seeing the matchups. Sunrise Christian took McEachern in overtime. McEachern's all defeated. Full, 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 full bore. Yeah, full stack McEachern. Right. McEachern has a great season. They wrapped up their state title to kind of clinch this. Um, on Saturday, uh, they beat Fab 50, number 45, Metal Creek. Uh, Metal Creek stayed in the rankings. You know, they've had a great season. They lose to the number two team in the Fab 50, and the number two seed in this event is no shame at all. It was a pretty good game. Um McEachern was led by the guy they've been led by all season, Sharif Cooper, the junior. He's really in the a national player of the year can as a junior. It's unbelievable, really, if you think about it. He had twenty points, four assists. Isaac Akor bound for Auburn, you know, an All American type. You know, uh, sixteen points, four rebounds. They won sixty two to fifty four Meadow Creek to close out the regular season or their regular season, as we talk from a national level, their regular season. Um, Obviously, they were in the playoffs, but the regular season in terms of gearing up for Geico at 32-0. and And uh, they've had a great season. So they're going to go down as one of the best teams in in Georgia State history. Now, obviously, that would be enhanced if they won uh, Geico as the two seed. They would also, if they won, this is a big if, they'd be the first public team to win in the event's 11-year history. A lot of ifs there. So, Devin, why don't you tell us what you, what's uh transpired what you kind of heard on the on the on social media and yeah. the report by USA Today. You know, talk a little bit about that then I I'll, I'll kind of give my reaction to what I think that means. And um, you know, we'll we'll go further into this before we get into the state stuff.
0: Yeah, Jason Jordan, USA Today reporter, had had some story come out, you know, a few hours before we we started the pod, um saying that, you know, Mickey probably their four of their key players including who you mentioned, Sharif Cooper, national player of the year candidate and Isaac Okoro going to Auburn, really talented athletic shooting guard slash wing. Um, they're, they're planning to not play okay. in Geico nationals because I believe Cooper, you know, he had prior commitments to USA basketball and, uh, Isaac Okoro, um, he was quoted in the story saying that he wanted to prepare for Nike hoop summit. Um, so this kind of puts Geico in, in a bad situation, to be honest. And the, the guys putting together the event, you know, um, I believe that uh, they've known about their invite to Geico Nationals for. Provided uh, they win. Provided they win. They've known that they'd go for the last couple months, obviously. They're the number two team in the country. And
1: Georgia has had a team before. Right. So they're allowed to go and And the number two team in the country. And they were gunning for it last year when they lost. Right. So So, they've known. It's not a a different situation than Pinnacle, or let's say, or Gorman, where it's like you got to win. You may be the eighth, or seed. you're waiting for
0: someone to lose. You're Correct. waiting for somebody else to lose. Yeah. McEachern knew they're yeah. undefeated. Yeah. They're when they Georgia State championship, they're going to be in, and all of a sudden now, yeah, we got four guys. Yeah, forty eight hours after the championship, we we got four guys who aren't going to play. Correct. So, so I'm just kind of, conf- I mean, here's the thing. Well, you know, they got other things going on or, or, or whatnot, but other I don't basketball know. commitments.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I when you say, I don't know, Devin, it's kind of interesting because they won the 7A title. The coach said, we accepted the bid. It came out in, you know, the Atlanta the Journal Tucson, Okay. And it came out in stories written by journalists who were covering the state finals. Right. Now they've accepted the bid. People have known about this. So, um, throws it for a little bit of a loop. You know, um, it's a little similar to the situation we had two years ago where Nathan Hale, led by the eventual national player of the year, Mr. Basketball, Michael Porter, declined an invitation as a Washington champ. They were the number one team in the Fat 50. They didn't go.
0: But they declined it. They didn't correct. accept, correct? Correct. They okay. didn't accept. Okay. So,
1: Lalamere was number two. Yep. It was fairly simple, even though it was a little controversial from my end. Uh, at the Le Schwab that year, uh, Michael Porter... And uh, Nathan Hale beat Sierra Canyon, uh, a Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter yep. matchup. Yep, remember that. Okay, so then at Hoopal, Sierra Canyon beat Lalamere. So even though Lalamere with Jaron Jackson and, and Brian Tugs bowen in that team, they won Geico, it was fairly simple. Um, the head-to-head common opponent with... Sierra Canyon, which was a very good team, it's not like we're talking about a team that's not ranked or something. Oh, they it was a lucky game. No, it was it was a it was a good co- common yeah. opponent thing. The only way you could do it since they didn't play head to head, um, you know, the number one team Hale, just stayed number one. They right. didn't go to New York. This is a little different. McKechnie's two, right? And they have to beat yeah. Uh, Lavalier's Lalamere. in the field,
0: right? They had to beat them in yeah. order to take the number one, one spot. Yeah. But again. If Nathan Hale declined they didn't they they made no bones about it we're not playing we're declining we're not right. coming at the end of the day they didn't go they didn't go M- McEachern said yeah we're coming yeah and then 2
1: days later uh we're coming without yeah. four of our best right. guys yeah so from a from a ranking standpoint if Lalamere wins and wins three games as the top seed it's pretty uh you know it's, I'm not going to say things don't change but they're probably going to be the number one team in the country and it, that's just how it is. Right. Yeah. Because I, I, I usually don't just hop teams unless there's another result that happens. A good example is like we said, Rancho Christian, they lost to Westchester, which had a good season. So they dropped behind them. But now that the season is over, I'm giving them credit for beating Sierra Canyon. The only California team to beat Sierra Canyon. And they also beat Corona Centennial twice. So now that the season's over, you kind of look at it from totality. They want some good games. They move back into the Fat fifty, okay. which I believe they deserve. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, that you can never get over that result because Corona Centennial beat Fairfax twice. Fairfax beat Western Superior. <laughs> then we go back to that. Right. I think Rancho Christian is one team that deserves to move. There's a few other that have moved up. You know, uh, Rancho Christian is now back up to thirty nine. Salesian stays in. They've had. They can't go lower than. Number 47, Dorman of South Carolina, which is a state champion, They beat them heads up. Okay. So we got some things like that. So McEachern has a great, great overall... um, Resume. Resume. You know, McEachern lost to Sunrise Christian. Sunrise Christian lost in overtime. Lalamere beat them in regulation. So I'd have to go really deep to try to break it down. You know, the only thing is I don't see is McEachern just moving up by not playing. Right. You know, that's that's very difficult. Uh again, like I said, Nathan Hale just stayed one because of a big result with Sierra Canyon. So we're gonna sit see how this plays out. Um, I know you you know I like to think rank what happens. Like uh I'm not gonna predict oh Sheldon is uh gonna beat Sierra Canyon, so I'm gonna rank him higher than than Sierra Canyon. No, I would just wait till it to happen, even yeah. if I I didn't think that was going to happen, no. but that, <laughs> as, as we'll talk rank, about, yeah, soon. <laughs> as we'll talk about. But that's you know, I I don't want to start because that's what happened in other rankings that people find credible and people quote out there. They had a couple rankings had, um, Nathan Hale one, and they just dropped them after they found out that they didn't ex- accept the bad. Right. They just went dropped to four or five. I I, I found no. There's no I, point. I, I mean. found, then what does your rankings mean the rest of the season? Right. The win the over Sierra Canyon meant nothing no more. Right. It was just, uh, oh, this is what I personally think they backed out. Right. So I, I'm going by what's hap, going to happen or not happen. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll you know.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to M- see M- what, what Geico does you know. with yeah. Uh sure. Leave them as the number two seed. Or sure. is there a way that they can, you know, yeah. you know drop them and... Play Lalamere's 1-8. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. You
1: know, I mean, because it's <laughs> just going to... It's going to change the whole field. They again, the guys do a good job of setting up matchups. You don't want a bunch of of uh, you're trying to set the matchups, even though you're, you know, they're they are. they may not match uh, rankings. It's yeah. okay. They're trying to get the matchups that make the most sense to complete the bracket. Well, for good games throughout the entirety of the bracket, correct? Which is which is a, what they got a noble thing to do, and which is they're trying to do. So that's where that is. We'll follow it. We'll keep you guys updated. We'll write a story. We're gonna be um talking about that leading up to the event in april so look on ballslife.com for any updates we'll have a few more rankings between them as states finish up so we've had a few states finish up devin yeah, including, um, including california yeah you know so you were, let's jump into yeah, that yeah,
0: you were up you were up in sacramento um this past weekend uh for the cif state championship games um we're gonna get into open d1 and d2 pretty heavily let's run through though the rest of them d5 uh Foothill of Bakersfield defeated Mount Shasta. Um this is an interesting one. We have you know some some comments from Baker Foothill Bakersfield coach, but um Jaden Phillips, a very good sophomore, finished with 25 points, ten of ten from the free throw line. Um Elijah Seals, who was a guy who was in San Diego last year and went up to Bakersfield and you know had a good season. He had twenty two points. Uh Mount Shasta. Uh we have a guy, Caden Richomini. Finished twenty nine points. Nice little game
1: for him. Kudos to Sh- Mount Shasta. Yeah, I mean they played pretty well. And there, that's a tiny, T- tiny school, real school, a true yeah. D five school. Right. People might have thought they were going to get blown out. Bakersfield Christian is uh twenty three hundred students. Foothill. Or Foothill. Bakersfield. Foothill. Did yeah. I say Bakersfield. Yeah. Christians? Yeah. I still. Got that schools, yeah. <laughs> I still got that Central Section final in my mind. Right. So explain this. Yeah. I for, for those who didn't Christian. listen last week, listen. Yeah. Listen
0: to Ronnie just. Play the
1: scenario out for us. It's, yeah. it's interesting. You got to almost like hear this on two separate podcasts because it's so ridiculous. Foot Hill Bakersfield won the D5 state title. Book. Baker... I can't even. I'm getting so miscombobulated. <laughs> Let me just say it how it is. Yeah. They won the D5 state title. They won their section title. The team they beat Bakersfield Christian, which features Kedar Waller. Kedar Waller. Nice player. Yeah. They went to d3 in state, in state. the semifinalist went to d4 and the champion went to d5 the cif gift wrapped bakersfield foothill a championship basically
0: right and the coach after the game made a comment i believe yeah. uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but he said yeah. i'm i think i'm gonna get a call from cif on on uh, monday, monday after, monday after, C- after this C- is yeah, yeah because he
1: knew it was it came Someone down to was an error yeah. a clerical error and he thought you mentioned it, Devin, in the in the press conference. He said, "I thought CIF would probably give me a call and they'd make adjustment." It never came, so he rolled through the regional. Well, I mean, hey,
0: you got placed there. Yeah. They didn't yeah. they didn't yeah. make correct yeah. the mistake. Yeah. Go win games. That's what yeah. he's, that's what he's. And they did.
1: That's what he's paid to do, and he did. Yeah, they have a good team. Jaden, like you said, Jaden Phillips. Yeah, good. great player. His his uncle Reggie Phillips, who's a well known, uh, won two division two state uh, two division two NCA titles at Cal State Bakersfield, was on that team. And he's a uh, it was a good player, yeah, you know it's pretty good history there. So, let's go to D four.
0: Yeah, D four. Next up, we have Ruby Academy defeating Emmanuel from Reedley, uh, sixty to forty nine. Uh, Ruby Academy has a, a young and talented team. Uh, Snooky Wiggington led the way with nineteen points on nine of sixteen from the field. Tyler Powell, uh, transfer from uh, Saint Bernard, uh, had fifteen points and five rebounds uh, for Emmanuel. We got we got Winston Williams seven points, eighteen rebounds, big time performance from him. Uh, leading scorer was Sean Rogers with fourteen points. Ronnie, uh, another interesting coach comment after this game: our our guy Jerry Freitas, uh, who is becoming more and more Twitter friendly by the month. Yeah, all of a sudden Freitas wants, Freitas to, go on wants to be a yeah Freitas wants to be a Twitter master. Um, he tweets out a post game comment from the Rebe coach, who said, paraphrasing again, uh, "We were able to go out and." recruit players from all over the country. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, an awesome one. that's a, I mean, I was talking to my guy, Connor Morissette on, on his podcast earlier. And he, he asked me a question like, on that, yeah. what would you think of that? I, and all I said was, I just laughed. Like all I could do was laugh when I saw that. I mean, I'm not sure if he was, you know, just in the moment, letting it fly. And just that came out or if he was legitimately just telling the truth. Yeah.
1: I think it might be a situation where, you know, he maybe be thinking, like you said, he's talking, thinking out loud, where it's like, hey, we're we're getting athletes and students into our school, which schools can't do. To, you know, schools recruit students. Right. So sure. he's just saying, hey, we're getting a people from all over but, the world. But a, you a know, lot mean, of these guys are... Eight, <laughs> they're six, you know, they're basketball players. Right. So and a lot of guys are somewhere else yeah. before yeah. that, yeah. other high schools. Yeah. So it just sounded funny. Um, Eric sound Sondheimer... The legendary reporter from the LA Times has been, you know, reporting high school sports since 1976. Who, so, you know, we'll probably jump on the podcast one day soon. But uh, he, after he after asked his comments on Twitter about my yeah. OC
0: bias, I'm not sure if Eric's invited. Anymore. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe we'll give Eric a hard time, bring him on, give him a hard time or something. But so Freitas went with it, put it on social media. You know, Freitas is usually more paranoid than a drug dealer <laughs> who lives across the street from the police station. You know, uh, so Freitas. You know, wait with any he, he, he finally has a I I was I was saying on press road everybody Freitas finally has a pulse on people finally know he has a Twitter account. Right. You know, the only way you know Freitas has a Twitter account you start digging. But other than you that, don't dig. you a, don't want to dig too, too far, far, far into Freitas' Twitter account though. No, yeah. <laughs> and that's the only way you but now everybody kind of knows because <laughs> this coach made this comment. <laughs> And it's just a good, you know. Don't dig way too came, far. Yeah, don't dig too far into phrases Twitter account. So the way it came, the way it came out, it's like wow, you know. And 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 funny, Devin, the CIF officials were in the room at the time, and you know they're in a tough spot. You know, what um, are they? What are they supposed to say? And, and not just, you know, I got some some feedback and some insight that they they've known about those transfers from. Rebay. They, 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 they. The Southern section knows about those transfers. They know about most of the transfers. They
0: should. I mean, there's yeah. so many of them, and yeah. they have a. I mean, here, here's they the thing. They talk about it a lot. They're, they have a, a transfer committee, I believe, that's going yeah. to start uh, meeting and discussing how to, you know, the best way to approach a remedy to the transfer epidemic. Redemic. I hate, I hate using that word, but sure, that's what the, that's what they're calling it. That's what they're, they're calling it. That's what they're calling in the NCAA. Um, it's something that you know. Do I? Like all these kids moving schools all the time and doing whatever they want, not really, but again we're in a in a time in a place now that it's just that's just how it is um but I think this coach's comments are um yeah they're so just, the they're, gonna another, yeah. they're gonna raise another they're gonna raise
1: the the flag is going from yellow to red interesting yeah I think um you know they the guy was being was he being brutally honest or was he just kind of like Saying what maybe he felt. You know, this is very interesting. Um, we wouldn't know unless yeah, we talked we really to him. really broke it down. Would, and asked him
0: the direct question. But, I mean, if he was, being, if he was, was more, being straight up honest, then yeah. give more power to him.
1: Well, one thing I, I wanted to mention is that um, I hear a lot of comments, like you said, about transfers. The way, I have one gripe about it. The way the media, people in the media say, well, they ask it almost every game. There okay. was almost transfers in every game. Obviously, Sierra Canyon. There's yeah. transfers in every game, right? Like um, a few media members, quite more than one, said this has been talked about a lot. So I have to ask you about it. It's it's a, it's an ongoing topic about transfers. No, that, that's not true. It's not an ongoing. Thing. You're asking a question. You keep asking a question about it. So the the reporters kind of take the onus off themselves and say, "Hey, this is something that." It's been in the in, out there a lot. It's out there a lot because you ask a question at every game, and every opportunity you get. So the way they're wording it is like, "Well, it's not my fault, but I'm going to ask the question." Well, you're keeping you keep asking the question. My thing,
0: it. my thing is that that question is old news. Yeah, like we know Sierra Canaan had transfers. We know all these yeah. all these teams have tra- like yeah. basically all these teams have transfers. I'm, I'm trying to look I'm, at a I'm, team here that doesn't have a transfer. Yeah. Maybe La Jolla Country Day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know them that well yeah. to know
1: if they have a transfer or not. Sure, sure, but. The way, I'm waiting for a coach to say at a big event, well, it's, it's not a, rec- it's a recurring thing because you keep asking me this question, you know, yeah. it's just to put it on on them.
0: Then they get shit on for, yeah, yeah. you know, not being nice to a reporter or whatever.
1: Uh, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's stayed alive because the reporters are keeping it alive. Not sure. because it's, it's it, not, you know, it's not the reporter,
0: yeah. it's not a reporter's job to uh, yeah. figure out a way to remedy the transfer situation. It's the state association's Association. job, which is what they're paid for to do. And they're paid for it and they're taking the steps to hopefully yeah. figure something out. But again, there's no perfect solution either. Parents and students are going to be pissed or yeah. fans and media and, you know, people who don't like transfers are going to be pissed. Sure. Regardless, someone's going to be pissed and that's just the world we live in. So, Hey, let's move on to division three, La Jolla country day defeated, um, university of San Francisco, big time, margin here 67 39 ryan langborg going to princeton one of my favorite players in all of southern california 23 points and listen to this ronnie 17 rebounds for ryan langborg did you ever think ryan
1: langborg would get 17 rebounds in a basketball game uh not until about five minutes into this game <laughs> um that was the one game that was a little bit overmatched they yeah. were overmatched university was was overmatched um they weren't very big and ryan Langborg, dama he was the best player on the court oh, by he's, far he's good Really and, good, man. Uh, start off a good start. He got off to a good start, so that they kept rolling. Or uh, he was ten of
0: eighteen from the field. Yeah, I mean, he only, it, one of his biggest things is three point shooting. He, he was only one of four from three. So I mean, he was getting into the paint, pull up jumpers, finishing around the basket. Had a couple dunks. Um, nice player, uh, James Hapgood, a freshman. Uh, one of two freshmen twin on brothers on La Jolla Country Day. Yeah, um, fourteen points and four rebounds. Nice game for him in twenty eight minutes. Um, and then six ten center Jason Taylor, he had an early impact. They didn't, they couldn't compete with his size. I think twelve. Yeah, he had twelve points, and I think majority the majority of those came in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah,
1: he got them off to a six zero lead. The rebounding margin was very huge. Yeah, forty
0: seven twenty seven. Yeah, it was.
1: They were just in, in favor of
0: Loja Country Day, winners. and that's probably because Ryan Langboard had seventeen rebounds. Yeah, <laughs> instead of he probably averages five a game. Seven. Yeah, six. five or six, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Coach Ryan Meyer hit us up on Twitter and let us know how many. How many uh, rebounds Langborg averages? But I'm sure it's not 17.
1: Yeah, and they were really uh, proud of the of the way um, that their season went. You know, they had some injuries early. Uh, they did a good job. And well, Coach then, Meyer mentioned how that group with Raymond Lou, those three true yeah, seniors, uh, Raymond Lou is a competitor that he he hasn't been as close to any players. That he as he is to those three. He was really proud of them. That was really good. I enjoyed that. They're just a press cost compared to like yeah. what you said about asking biggers for the foothill about being gift after title and hey, uh, we've been recruiting players from all over the country. <laughs> this was a little more like what you would expect in like a, a homegrown high school. Yeah, yeah. It was a good thing for La Jolla Country Day. They, they finished strong. Uh they could have competed in D two, I think because they were now healthy. Um, sure. Know, yeah, that they, was, that they was had injuries a, late. Yeah, that was kind Langborg of Mengborg missed the last five games of the regular season. Yeah, that was kind of a a mantra uh, of D two, like who could have competed in there. But for D three, you know, kudos to the San Diego section and to that program, they did a good job. The Tories, you know, another thing that was nice for the Tories is that their girls program it has maybe like eight to ten state titles. Yeah. So, wow. They're 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 known around the country. Coach Terry Bamford does a great job, so it's nice to see. Coach Myron and his guys kind of get on the map a little bit. On the boys' so, side, for yeah, sure. It was a, it was a good game.
0: Moving on to Division II, uh Campo Lindo defeated Colony of Ontario 55-40. to uh, Freshman guard Aiden Mahaney had a huge game with 19 points, uh, nine rebounds, four assists. Uh, Emmanuel Callis had 19 points and nine rebounds as well. And uh, Carter Mahaney, uh, Aiden's older brother as a junior, had eight points and five rebounds. Um, Cedric Altman, you know, one of the kind of the biggest, I guess, stock raisers um, in Southern California this year had 28 of Colony's 40 points. And the stat that, that stands out to me here, Ronnie, um, the three point differential, not in the number made, the number taken. Colony shot 17 three pointers, made three. Campolindo shot five
1: three pointers, made three. Wow. Yeah, Campolino moved the ball around well. Um, they got it inside. Like you said, their sophomore forward had a big game. The game of Callis, his season. Yep. Yeah. The game of his Emmanuel Cows had the game of his season. You know, great, great time to have a great game.
0: Eight of twelve from the field. I mean, their shooting percentage, they were yeah. they shot forty eight, forty eight percent from the field, forty nine percent from the field.
1: They were Colony, a couple a couple of things that stood out to me yeah. was no other player scored more than six points for Colony. Right. They settled for a lot of jumpers. Coach Difa Beast was kind of you know he mentioned that man we settled yeah and then they weren't going in you know so then now they're behind they shot twenty nine point six percent from the field for the game and the other game stood out as Campolino's team defense and how good they they were able to handle Collins pressure with no problem at all okay um, their point guard and the two Mahaney brothers were able to just you know they the pressure didn't bother them too much yeah those are smart those are yeah. smart players and Carter did one heck of a job on agent zero considering and even agent zero said in the press conference hey you know kudos to carter mahaney he he did a good job he had a good game um he had a good he had about eight points but he played terrific defense um aiden mahaney the 222 is one of the best 222s around uh i would say you know kajani Wrights in that mix uh the kid we saw in the open off the bench who sometimes starts Amari Bailey, So yep. he's in that mix. He had a great game, great season. Um, Campolindo thought we might win. You know, we our predictions for, for Cal High Sports were right on the money in, in the boys' side. Um, we we thought Campolindo would win because of their results. They played Salesian in the North Coast section D3 final, and it was close. They also beat Modesto Christian, which is an open finalist. So, Campolindo, a couple things you saw there said, okay, if they play good, they're going to yeah. they're gonna be right in this game. And, and, and Colony played good teams, but they didn't play or beat SoCal open teams. So, For sure. Yeah, you know, that, you know. Modesto
0: obviously beat Silesian mm-hmm. to advance yeah. to that open final game. Where they, so that, they lost to Sheldon.
1: Yeah, so I think Silesian Campo facing Silesian and losing them by less than a dozen points, they can play Colony, it's not going to be a problem. Right. In terms of being ready... And, and executing and staying competitive right yeah
0: let's move to d1 <laughs> this is this was an interesting game uh chino hills uh defeated james logan uh repeat of union city 69 63 to win back-to-back division one state championships Onyeko yeko had 26 points 15 rebounds five assists and three block shots and he did it in how less, many less than three quarters how many minutes did he play he, he did that in 22 minutes because he fouled out with a minute 30 left in the third quarter. And Chino Hills had a 15-point lead at that time. And then they held on for dear life. Dear and life. They held on for dear life and won. Um, Ryan, I think the refs took over that game, and I think it's a shame.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll break that down a little bit, what I saw. Uh, Big O had 19 points in the first half. He already had three blocks. He might have had 12 rebounds, I believe. 19 points. He had 19 points, maybe 8 and 3. So he was dominated then. He kind of got a phantom call at the beginning of the third period. And his third foul. Yeah, his third foul. And, and it didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal. You know, okay, that happens. Um, the Thompson Cousins from Logan, they trash talked. These guys were getting in. Yeah, they Nick were Manor, scrappy. Nick, they were Nick, scrappy. Nick Manor Hall huh? is like, give me that ball. They got a technical. Don't take, you know, don't try to grab the ball from me. They're going back and forth. And that's what. The NorCal coaches had mentioned about Logan; they were going to be real scrappy. So, with one fifty-three to go, Big O gets his fourth foul. And I kind of looked over at Coach Lattimore, and I kind of looked over at Big O, and they kind of made eye contact. And O just kind of gave him a look like, you know, I'm. He didn't look like he grabbed his jersey or posture and started walking toward the bench. He just kind of looked like, I'm going to stay in. Yeah. And Lattimore didn't no <laughs> mention to him like. Or notion to him like, hey, yo, watch out. Or he could have called a timeout maybe to tell him, hey, calm down. Devin, I think you would said have let him go to the bench for the minute 30 plus the break and he would have been fresh for the fourth, knowing he has four. So go th- what, what well, went through your mind Dennis... at the 153 yeah. mark? Tell yeah. me what went through your mind at 153 and tell me what went through your mind at 130. So I texted you. I'm like, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, just picked up his fourth foul. I'm like... Yeah. I texted you, and I said, Ronnie, <laughs> he's not coming out of the game. Yeah. What is Coach Lattimore doing? Okay. Well, Coach Lattimore is a two-time Division One state, Champ. state champion, back-to-back uh, state champion coach. He must rolled know more the dice. than I do. He rolled the dice. The dice. Crap. Uh, the crap. crap. Yeah, he, he crapped out. Snake eyes hit. Uh, no good. Uh, Big O picked up a foul. 23 se- his fifth foul, 23 seconds later. And, man, I, I, I don't know how. I really, I was watching that game and James Logan just kept coming at him, coming at him, getting to the basket whenever they wanted. Yeah. Uh, a couple and ones, put him at the yeah. line to cut the lead down to three, I believe, at one point. Bray John Thompson. Bray John Thompson. Yeah. Good players. <laughs> yeah. They just, I mean, and then, Shrappy. but here, here's the thing a couple of James Logan's guys fouled out. Correct. Brett Thompson fouled out. And that was big because Brett Thompson's kind of the heart and soul of that team from what I saw. Correct. So
1: the refs knew it was a big moment. So. Here comes the, the 130 mark, and the ref punches him out like a <laughs> U- MLB umpire. Oh, yeah. Right in front of the Chino Hills bench. He wanted, he, yeah. he wanted to make that call so bad. You could tell. He just punched him out, and I go, oh, here we go. The crowd erupted, kind of, whoa, a, a side came over the crowd at Golden 1 Center. I go, okay, here we go. Now we have a game, because it wasn't really a game before that. No, it was, uh, yeah. The first thing I mentioned, I think I tweeted it out, I says, James Logan's now even going faster, they're trying to make up that deficit in a minute and 30. Whereas they could have just... they I figured, and most people in the building figured they're going to cut the deficit. Just keep and chipping again, away. Just keep chipping away. Yeah. And they probably would have won. Yeah. They got a little oh, they were, out of control. They were getting after it. Yeah, they were getting after <laughs> it. So they got some fouls against them. So yeah. three of their starters went out. Yeah. So it almost went... The game went a little haywire. And then it got really haywire at the end. I, mean, I don't know if you caught it. You probably did. Uh, Thompson went for a jumper uh, on a three-pointer, and seldom used Duke Long from Chino Hills. I oh, yeah. Can't Essien. Even... Yeah, yeah, Essien, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essien from Chino Hills, Ooh, yeah. who just scored his only basket of the game to stop a run. It was a huge basket with 45 seconds to go. He scores a, a layup on a putback. So Thompson fires the three. Essien flies out to him. <laughs> And he and like in a Reggie Miller style, he kicks out his leg. Yeah. And the ref calls an offensive player control foul on Logan, and the crowd just erupts. They're booing. That was a tough call. So with 11 seconds to go, Logan shoots a three-pointer. They're down four. And it looks like a Chino Hills player grabs the net or underneath the netting, kind of moved the net, didn't really hit the rim, but I believe under... State Association federation rules that's an offensive interference under under
0: the rule of the law, yeah, yeah. that's an offensive interference back to that back to that, call back to that, that offensive foul call yeah i like I was watching on t v they showed it on multiple angles, yeah, he looked like he kicked out his leg to me yeah and so i I thought actually <laughs> the Reggie Miller, I yeah. thought that was actually a a good call it was a gutsy and nutty it, was a, call. it was a it was yeah, it was a ballsy call but mm-hmm. I think i mean my guy who, t- who took that shot was crafty as hell. Yeah. Kicking that leg out, yeah. and trying to draw that foul.
1: Yeah, because I think the Chino Hills unsung hero Essien flew by him. He wasn't flying to his shoulder no, or to yeah. his torso. He
0: would He wouldn't have made contact unless yeah. that leg slipped out. Yeah, and I mean, man, give him credit. It, the, put the onus on the ref, and the ref made made, in my opinion, made the right call. But again, O fouled out. Three starters from Logan fouled out. So it kind of came full circle of terrible calls. You know, the best players on the bench to an all out just like 24 hour fitness run for the yeah. D1 state championship game of bench guys. And I'm into
1: that. I was yeah. there for it. Yeah. I Lo- thought it was I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, Logan had a chance to tie, a few chances to tie. Missed the chippy. Uh the you know, they were just I thought they were just too anxious. Uh give a big shout out to Will Pluma. You know, Will's been around for a long time. Will had four threes, 18 18, 18 points, points. 4 of 9 from three. Big one in the fourth quarter six of six from the free throw line yeah so when they went up to pluma with about seven seconds to go hit the two game clinching free throws and he did a good job uh all throughout the regional against remember chino hills beat three open teams in the regional and they made good decisions got the ball inside pluma didn't jack up shots I only saw one bad shot from Pluma through the whole regional state in cha- championships. I, yeah. I give him credit, give Manor Hall and Bell credit. Well, uh, three, they did what they had to do. Three of the, three of the Chino Hill
0: starters played the entire game.
1: Who was that? N- none Bell? of them.
0: None of them were on Yeko Okongwu, obviously, <laughs> or Nick Manor Hall. It was Anthony Bell, Sam Kehan, and Will Pluma. Uh, Will Pluma was huge in that game. Big, big. And Bell had 12 points on three or five shooting five, 10 from the free throw line. Um, yeah, just a, a a nice cap to the career of Onyeko Okongu, even though he had to celebrate on the bench. Yep. Next up, open division. Uh this was a really a kind of a no contest from the from the tip. Uh Sierra Canyon crushed Sheldon, 76 to 52. Um Kenyon Martin Jr., another efficient night from the field, 10 of 17, 23 points, 12 rebounds. Um, Cassius Stanley had 20 points on eight of 19 field goals. And Taron Frank, impressive performance from him, 13 points, 7 rebounds. Uh, they needed that from him for sure in this game. Um, but Sheldon kind of came out and laid an egg, Ronnie. Yeah, they were Mar- flat. Marcus, Marcus Bagley led the way for them with 17 points. The only other guy in double figures was... Um, I'm a reserve
1: you, player. Yeah, Darren Tobias with 12 Who points. usually is not... If they're getting Darren Tobias 12 points, that means something's not something's right. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's not right. So uh, Sheldon had a lot of experience. Um, and what Sheldon didn't have was a good start. Um, Sheldon, uh, needed, they had a crowd. They had about 5,000 people there. It was a good crowd. And I expected that, but they needed to jump out, play well, and get the crowd behind and get the crowd believing in that they could be in this game and win it at the end. That's how the North usually wins against, like, the D1 or the open big-time team. The crowd gets behind him. It gets tight. It gets late. The crowd started cheering for Sherry Canyon dunks. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. Amari
0: Bailey had that unbelievable dunk where he yeah, fell on his won.
1: neck. Yeah.
0: I, man, I cannot believe he got up and, and made that free throw yeah. and stayed in the game. Yeah. He's, that kid's going to be— Kudos he's, to him. He's, he's 14,
1: 15 years old. He's, yeah. you know— if you're
0: 25 years old, you're uh, on he, a stretch. He, he finished the game with throwing a lob to himself off the backboard. Like, who? Did, what kind of freshman does that in a state yeah. championship game? It's when I, you're I up mean, by 20.
1: Yeah, I and mean, then you know Amari started some games. Obviously, Taron Frank missed a uh, a lot of the regular season. Um, I thought between Taron Franklin and Marvin Bagley, whoever, if Taron Frank had a big game, that Sheldon was going to be in trouble, and Marvin Bagley. Marvin, I keep saying Marvin. They're at Golden hey, State. Ma- Marcus. Marvin They Bagley, needed Marvin. Marvin Bagley
0: transferred from Sierra Canyon to yeah. Sheldon, but th- yeah. via the Sacramento Kings.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they needed Marvin on this night. Yeah. I'll you know, tell you the truth, but Marcus, interesting enough, had played for Sierra, Sierra Canyon, Sierra Canyon As on a that freshman, team we right? talked about. Yep. That that lost to, to Nathan Hale. Um. So that was an interesting game, but it was just anticlimactic. Uh, what I think it said more of what the North needs. Um. To win this game, a good Sheldon team is not going to probably beat the open team now or in the foreseeable future. It's going to be a team with a great player, an Ivan Rab. or Yeah, it's got to be like a a generational type of player. Yeah, and, you know, Oakland hasn't had the good teams that they've had in the past. Fremont has won the D1 title. Uh, McClyman's beat a good Dominguez team, and they were undefeated. So, it's going to take a really special performance by a good team or a great player, I think, to knock out the Southern California Open champ going forward. You know uh, the Open's going to have a Corona Centennial next year. It's going to have a modern day. Sierra is probably going to have good players. So, what's the North going to do? Not, is there going to be a team better than Sheldon this year? Probably doesn't not. Since does right now. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. So Sheldon, I mean,
0: uh, Salesian
1: Silesian was, was senior heavy. Salesian had some seniors. They had, do have some underclassmen. They're losing the McClanahan Twins. Right. But again, that's not a Sierra Canyon level team that we saw um so, t- saw, saw this year. So I think I was talking to my guy Harold Aban and other NorCal sports writers. They kind of, I asked kind of what you just kind of referenced, Devin. I, I Salesian would have been had a tough time winning this game. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask, ask yeah. you next. So yeah.
0: Salesian was the number one open seed in, yeah. in the northern state. Um they lost to
1: They uh, lost to Modesto Christian. Modesto
0: Christian in the opening round. You're telling Who me. Who Campolindo beat? Sure, right. And, and Campolindo won the D2 title. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but so that's the tough yeah. If If Salesian does what it's supposed to do, advances, plays Sierra Canyon this past Saturday,
1: they would have lost in similar fashion? No, I don't think they would have lost in similar fashion. But it would have taken a great performance for them to win. Okay. That's why right. I think they're better on the ball defensively. You know, they would have maybe. The game just got out of hand fast. Well, my thing is. Here, here, and, and Sierra Cana started slow. Yeah, I'm looking at the now. I'm, I'm with right Andre Chevalier. Andre Chevalier, Chevalier kind of got uh, a little bit of like, oh boy, from the Northern California media. He said we played at a C level. They did play at a C level. I agree with him there, for sure. Yeah, they did
0: play at a C level. I C-level. mean, Chris and Coloco, uh, 6'11 center going to Arizona, had three points and seven rebounds. Yeah, Scotty so Pippen had six points on one of five shooting. That, I mean, yeah. those are subpar games for those guys. And um, they rolled. This is kind of interesting to me. I'm looking at the box right now, and I always like to have boxes on hand to just kind of just look over the numbers and see things that stand out. And this stands out to me. The second quarter of that game, Sierra Canyon won that 28-14. to 14. Yep. Every other quarter was four points or less. Interesting. So other than the second quarter, Selesian from- was in... I mean, no, Selesian. Sheldon was in that game.
1: Yeah. But they, but they were out of the game... At halftime. Yeah, they were right. out of the game. So, collectively. So... Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. You know, um, I was talking to some NorCal coaches, and yeah, it's going to take a big-time super team, once in a 10-year team to knock off, I think, the Open champ going forward. Um, obviously, the Open champ's always going to be the number one team in the state. Uh, Sheldon, I would think would right now would be three just because Rancho Christian has six losses. Uh, Salesian beat Sheldon by 77-59. As I mentioned earlier, Salesian still has some good wins. So they dropped in the Fat 50 because Sheldon didn't do too well. They dropped from 31 to 38. Gotcha. I put um, Rancho Christian at 39 back in. They had six losses this year. They split with Santa Margarita. They lost to McEachern. We talk about McEachern. That's another good win for McEachern. Uh They lost to Montverde. And then they lost this in the playoffs to Bishop Montgomery and Westchester. So... You know, that kind of wrapped up the California season. Uh, from a national perspective, I think Andre Chevalier and the boys would like to see Montverde do well. I think if Montverde's lost the two games to La Mir, if Montverde rolls through that tournament, I think that's going to help out Sierra Canyon, help out Salesian a little bit, just from a national point of view. I know yeah. some people, you know, they're, hey, they got a state title, but... You know, let, let's see how good these teams are earlier. I think Sierra County is good. I think Maveridi is just bigger and just a little bit better. Yep. And um we'll see if that holds true in uh in Geico's nationals. Um the the CIF's finals win as I thought they would. Uh again, our predictions were pretty good. Uh the the, the margins weren't weren't that great, but just yeah. the, the the winner. Obviously, I thought Sheldon would play a little bit better. But uh yeah, Sheldon has to drop. Uh, I think they gotta drop behind Corona Centennial. Uh I would probably still have Modern Day, which I dropped a little bit in the fact but they're still number two in the state. I have them at 36. Depends what happens. You know, if Curry wins that state title in, in Illinois, it's not over, then that'll be good for Silesian. They beat them. They're the only team that beat them. You know, Modern Day lost to Whitney Young. Uh, you know, Modern Day had that goofy loss that we saw to uh Camarillo. That's kind of they're not going to get too high in the biggie, Yeah, That but, was, yeah. Yeah, that was but, weird. Yeah. So, but they played strong at the end. Kudos to modern modern day. I think Devin, you want to talk a little it's bit a, about the crystal it's a ball. It's Katani curse. Yeah. <laughs> the, Katani. <laughs> the Rolling
0: Hills prep Katani curse. Yeah. Ronnie, let's close crystal
1: ball a little bit.
0: Yeah. Let's close this. Let's close this thing out. Let's, let's talk state player of the year, state coach of the year. Um, get, I'm talking regardless of division, okay. state player of the year, state coach of the year. Give me yours. I'll give you mine.
1: Okay. Um, Right now I there's looking out there's two players I think it's gonna come down to the big O and Cassius Stanley. I agree. Um State Coach of the Year we hardly ever uh pick it now if you're just talking about who's done a good job State who, yeah, Coach of the Year, year. take out anything, yeah.
0: just look at resumes, what they had to deal with, yeah uh how they fared throughout the season, state coach of the year.
1: Yeah, I think um I like Jonas Hanick from Branson, I think he did a great job with that team to get to the, to the regional final. Yeah,
0: give us some background on Branson real quick.
1: Yeah, Branson is a, a fluent community, smaller school. They did a great job. Oh, and when, when, Ronnie know, says, awesome. uh,
0: when Ronnie says affluent, he means affluent. Oh, affluent. Aff- because I'm not affluent. affluent. Because
1: I'm not affluent or affluent, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> he means <laughs> big dope. He means, yep, there you go. <laughs> for those, so, for well, those of you who don't know the, the yeah. source. Yeah, so they have a. I, I'm not good with pronouncing my words sometimes. I get excited. <laughs> Affluence, affluent. I just wanted to. I, I'm not knocking the way you Busted pronounce it. Ball, I yeah.
0: just want to let them know that this is an affluent community. And he's in a. A fluent coach. He is, yes. Now, a great
1: coach. He went over 700 wins. Um, I believe Clay Kleckner went over a uh, uh, milestone. He was the, our 2018 coach of the year. Um, in Southern California, I like um, the Colony coach. I thought he did a good job. Okay. Is it going to be hard to give him state coach of the year after that performance state? Maybe not. Um, I always take a look at it as, you know, Andre Chevalier is in a tough position. But like I I had a conversation with Andre and he goes, you know, we won the open last year. I go, Well in that case Gary McKnight and Willie West should have won it twenty times already. So sure, yeah, you know, it depends what what your criteria is. I like those three guys I mentioned. Who do you like, Devin? So I'm
0: going Onyeko Kongru for state player of the year. I mean, just his the importance to his team. I think he's the most important player to any one team in the state. Okay. You take big O off that team and put in a, a serviceable big man. Yeah. They're they're, they're there's a regular old playoff team. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, and I think that same, that similar statement goes towards Dennis Lattimore. He came in there, cleaned up kind of the act when you know Mello had Lavar took Mello out. Sure, they had to regroup, figure out a new identity, and he he made those guys like Pluma, uh, Manor Hall, uh, Anthony Bell, obviously transferred in from from Edowanda, but he made those guys understand the identity of the team, get Quickly. the ba- get the ball to the big man. And he's won back to back Division one state championships uh, by having an identity and you know force feeding the ball to the best player in the state. Uh, I think that I think earns coach deserving. of the year. Yeah, yeah I, so. I think yeah, so. I Yeah,
1: I I see that from that point of view. You know, obviously he's a big guy, played college ball inside. So man, he did a great job with that team. Like I said, against Bosco, except
0: for except for leaving Owen at the one thirty mark <laughs> with four fouls. You know, eight. They still yeah, won. To him, he didn't panic. <laughs> he didn't panic. I know he...
1: I could see he was... He was stressed a little bit. <laughs> he was. He was stressed a little bit. He was sweating a little bit. Maybe we can get him he's on the show. Cool. I want to know what he was thinking. Yeah. I want to know. Because he's,
0: he's pretty cool common collective. Yeah.
1: Let's... Let's... uh Coach Latimer, we're calling you out. Let's get you yeah. on the show before uh, not too long. Yeah. for the Balls live game on the 4th of May. But uh let's... Yeah, let's do that. And and I want to say against Etiwanda, the game we saw in the regional final a couple Tuesdays ago, they were down... Forty-four to thirty-two, and again he didn't panic.
0: Yeah, I mean that was and that was with a lot with a good amount of time to go in the fourth quarter. They were down twelve, 12 points.
1: Yeah, didn't panic. Not at all. Uh, against St. John Bosco in the game I saw in the regional, they fed it to Big O every time when they were down five or six. So like you said, they found an idea. They did a good job. Bell Pluma didn't take bad shots, and uh, you know he would be a a, a credible and a worthy. State Coach of the Year. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about 2018, 2019 locally and in the state, Devin. What What do you see offhand? What are you looking forward to? And just give some quick takes while we close out this. So you're show. talking.
0: You're talking 1920 next year. Yes. So yeah. I want to. I want to talk. Kind of. You know, who's coming back? Uh, this is. This is kind of pre. Um, pre transfer. So transfer. We're gonna. We're we're stage. we're operating. Yeah, we're operating on the sense that you know. These teams are going to have their guys back. back. Which we, we don't know We don't yet. know. Yeah. Could, everything could change in the matter of months. But anyways, modern day has to be kind of the the de facto number one team in Southern California next in year. State, I mean, yeah. and, and in the state, they have Devin Askew coming back, Wilhelm Breedenbach, Ryan Evans, Aiden Prukop, who had a great playoff run, uh, Nick Davidson. They
1: have the track record. Uh, I
0: mean, dude, they have so many players coming back. They have Gabe Cuiet, a freshman who's going to continue to get better. Uh they have I mean potentially Zach Davidson, Nick Davidson's brother who is extremely good uh an eighth grader coming in. So for me, Modern Day has to be kind of the odds on uh number one coming coming back next year. Sierra Canyon, Taryn Frank, Amari Bailey will be back. Um, I'm sure they will I'm sure there will be some other pieces moving around there. Sure. Harvard Westlake, Johnny Juzang, uh, Truman Gettings, Mason Hooks, uh Spencer Hubbard, very good point guard. They're all coming back. Edwanda. You have Jemai Mayshak, Cameron Pierce, Tyree Campbell. I mean, they have a ton of guys coming back as well. We saw them fall to the Chino Hills in, in that uh, D1 Regional Southern Final. Regional Final. Corona Centennial, Jalen Clark, DJ Davis, Paris Dawson. Very good guard play. They are all they always have solid guys coming in as well. They probably have some guys on the freshman and JV team who are going to contribute. They Dennis, do. Dennis Cash is a, a good, solid athletic forward who was also a junior this year. Um, and and when the kid it, who's
1: graduating, uh, I believe he has. Alan his McBride, brother, his eighth brother an eighth grader, and he's, that is right. He has a little bit of size. He's good. That's what they need—that's yeah. what Coach Giles needs. Yeah, he's good to get uh, to that next level. Alan McBride's brother is good. Yes. Uh,
0: Winward, if they have all their guys back, Kajani Wright, Dylan Andrews—they both grew up immensely this year—and then Devin Tellis is back healthy, and he's a very good player. Yeah, that's a
1: it's a good start there. Um, you got any? You got any teams you can add? Um, I think Bishop O'Dowd on the statewide level is going to be okay. Good, Salesian so will be good again. Even though they lost James Akinsil, James Akinsil was one of the best freshman guards in the country, right? And they were good without him, yeah. you know. So, I, you know, will they start the season off thirty? You know, I, I, I don't, you know, who knows? I probably not. But from what I see right now, is the California preseason number one has been pretty, has done a pretty good job the last fifteen to twenty years. They usually are. The team that ends up winning 80% of the time are, you know, like Cal high sports preseason, number one. And, um, even without Bow Bow they started number one and they lost Bow Bowl a couple <laughs> of weeks later, modern day, and they still won the Southern section open. Right. You know, they kind of were, that was their peak, you know, in 2018, uh, Fairfax beat them in the regional, but they had, they'd gone as far as they can go. So when I look at modern day, and again, I'm looking from a national perspective. The California number one team has started about eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten in the Fab 50. They're not the number one team. They, California hasn't had a preseason number one like wow. That's a preseason in a long time because of you were talking about pure talent level coming back. They're usually about six, seven, eight, nine. Where was? But when where, I look at modern day, right now, Where is now, the Chino Hills team? They were seven. You know, which is fin- good. They finish number one, right? Yeah, and okay. they finished number one. Uh, again, they beat Montverde. They yeah, beat, yeah, so when they I look everybody. at this modern day team, I don't see a, a seven or six. I see fifteen right now. Nationally, yeah. yeah, nationally. So, how good are all these teams? That's what we're. At. That's the point I'm trying to get. Winward yeah. has a long way to go to win in the Open.
0: Oh no doubt, we are young. Yeah, Aruna uh, Centennial yeah.
1: has. What we're talking about. They have the pieces. Are they going to be able to rebound against a national team or uh, the biggest team in state? Again, maybe it's Rancho Christian. Sure. You know what? I I screwed up. I forgot to mention Rancho Christian. Christian. Evan Mobley,
0: Jordan Montgomery, Dominic
1: Harris. Correct. So you you kind of look at the the situation with both brothers. One's gone. Does that just open the floodgate for Evan and he's just dominant and he's more dominant than Big O? Because that could happen. I'm not saying it is going to happen, but it could.
0: You got to say, hey, get the ball to the skilled
1: seven-footer on the block. Maybe uh, Lattimore should come in as a,
0: a special assistant, assistant to Ray Barefield. Yeah,
1: <laughs> pound that ball. But that's what we're talking about. Things could change. So, you know, it's very interesting to see that because I sometimes I look at Corona Centennial and I know that the players on the team know the uh, Mobleys very well. Just imagine if either one or both of those guys were at Corona Centennial. Just I'm just saying from a national point what of
0: view. What are you trying to do here, Ronnie? No. You're trying I, to get Evan Mobley I, 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 to transfer I, 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 the current centennial? No. CIF. Someone call I'm someone just trying to someone call Tom Simmons. Simmons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? As I do. We look at I do. the teams from a bigger point of view. You know, how good can Harvard Westlake be? Um, I think that's why I think Sierra Cannon will be there at the end, like you said. They'll get some players and they'll 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 have that kind of team where they're gonna try to get to the upper echelon. Sure. And I think Modern Day will eventually get there. Um, if they don't next year, they'll be there the year in two twenty one. Yeah. Oh God, they might start <laughs> top five in the country if right. this core right. stays intact. This is
0: all depending on people staying intact. Yeah. I think another team that that deserves a, you know, a shout out is probably Birmingham, uh, up in uh, LA city. Lake Balboa, LA City. I think they're kind of Connor. You know, predicted that they're gonna win the um, city section open division championship. That's wow. it. That was his bold prediction. That's a bold one. It because-
1: is. I mean, Ed Azam, you could give him some guys from Tustin and some guys from El Monte and some guys from... You don't want
0: anyone from Tustin these yeah. days. <laughs>
1: Our guy Ed can could get guys from the San Gabriel Valley. Sure. And they would be a good team. Yeah, you can been, coach them up. It, so...
0: But and Fairfax is good. Birmingham has the Cofield brothers both coming yeah. back. Yeah, David Elliott coming back. So that's a good core. Yeah, and Nick Halleck. They have a style of play that they they have. Yeah. They they run it down your throat and they don't yeah. they don't let it up, dude. Yeah, They're they great. did a good job. They yeah. finished
1: third. They won the third place game. Did no, no the Washington Prep Washington, won the third yeah. won the third place game. They finished fourth. In the city this year, kudos to well, Birmingham Nick upset Harvard Westlake
0: in, in the. It wasn't, region. I guess. Is it eight they nine? Were ranked, it was an eight nine. Yeah, they were they were ranked higher. Yeah. Harvard Westlake was on the road. It, yeah. it wasn't upset per se, but a lot of people expected Harvard Westlake to win that game. But yeah, you know Birmingham, you know kudos so, kudos to them. I think they're going to be pretty good next year as well. As we close out, Connor, I'm going to keep you to that. I'm going to yeah. Be we're gonna, that. we're
1: remembering that because you know we're I I'm still in the the until somebody beats a Fairfax Westlake. I, I think every year they're going to okay be good. I don't think I'm going to ever, until Ed retires, I don't think Westchester will be out of state top 20. I don't see it. Okay. They they get JV players, and the next year, they're, that team's good. Right. And it's been like that for about 10 years now. They Like I've mentioned before on this podcast, we talked about Trevor Reza. Westchester really ha- doesn't have the talent that it did before. Westchester had Sierra-type, Canyon-type talent. I think that's what people were mentioning at State. They're like, Ronnie, this team kind of reminds me of 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 uh, Trevor Reza, Hassan Adams, just from their athleticism. That was a good. I thought that was a good, uh, a good uh, comparison or a good level. Well, a lot of, and you know, I don't know if there's a team this year so far, like you said on paper, that we're gonna get to Sierra Canyon's level this year. A lot of the good, a lot of good programs,
0: especially in the city section, who are good for long periods of time. They have guys on JV mm-hmm.
1: who yeah. are, you know, they're they're ready to go. They're ready to go. That we don't, and we don't know about them. Correct. Sometimes we could get watched. like when you go watch a Fairfax Westchester game, you watch the JVs because it's so crowded. You want to get there early. And they've had some good JVs before, and I think they will again. Um, you know, at the core of this Atawanda team that's going to be good next year, uh, state ranked, maybe a nationally ranked team, was JV. Coached. Yeah, yeah, they were you Campbell. Know, uh, yeah, yeah. Jami Mashak played yeah. JV as a freshman, and they were twenty-one and or twenty-four and or whatever yeah. it was. So there'll be some team out there like that, but I think those teams you mentioned will be in the mix. It's been another great season in California. It ended a little faster, so we got to wait uh, three more weeks for the season to end. And uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on that McEachern situation. And, you know, go to BallsLife.com. Check out the new rankings. We have a lot of end-of-season videos. We're going to have some mixtapes for the 2018-19 season of some of the top players that you guys all like. So, uh, Devin, why don't you uh, take us home?
0: Mixtapes. Got to love them. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ball is Life in the Paint show with myself and the bad Ombre Ronnie Flores. Uh, Be sure to give us a like uh, on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, We appreciate any and all uh, interactions, whether it's Twitter. uh, When you're listening to the show, we appreciate it. So uh, we'll be back with you next week uh, going hard in the paint.